This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Encouraging news about teens drinking and driving. The percentage has been cut in half over the last 20 years. We'll find out why. Teens are beginning to understand that this is not cool. So I think that kind of culture, that kind of peer pressure in a positive direction has been very helpful. Then, countless millions of young people are battling obesity. New research shows a disparity between races in stress-induced weight gain. Everybody, the more they experience stress, the more weight they gain. But when black girls experienced more stress, their weight jumped up more than it would in white girls. Those two stories, and much more, are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show will get underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. For a change, there's positive news about teens drinking and driving. With the story, let's welcome InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're talking with Pamela Hyde, Administrator of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, which is a public health agency within the Department of Health and Human Services. And we're discussing some recent statistics from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that's had some good news in regards to teen drinking and driving. Ms. Hyde, welcome to InfoTrack. Glad to be here. So perhaps you can just touch on some of the highlights of this most recent. I know there have been some other studies as well, but the most recent study from the CDC. Yes, the most recent studies are showing that we are making gains in underage drinking, particularly 16 and older group. The CDC just recently released a new study from the Youth Risk Behavior Surveys that indicated for young people 12 to 20, there was significant decreases, and particularly from 16 and older, about a 54% decrease between 1991 and 2011 showing drinking and driving reduced by half in that 20-year period. So we're very pleased about that. It shows movement in the right direction, and yet we still have some things that we are concerned about. Now, just to be clear, we are not saying that teen drinking itself is down, but specifically drinking and driving, correct? Drinking and driving is what CDC's recent survey showed. There is some declines in actual past month drinking and binge drinking and heavy drinking, among underage people as well in the last 10 years. That comes from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, which is a surveillance survey that we also try to track some of these issues. So there are some declines. They differ a little bit by age group, but the good news is we're making gains in all of those areas. How many lives are lost each year due to teens mixing alcohol in cars? Well, lives lost each year for all kinds of reasons having to do with underage drinking is about 5,000 a year, and that has unfortunately stayed fairly steady. So even though we've seen declines in teen drinking and driving and drinking in general and binge drinking, we're still seeing deaths from those issues. And so those are the kinds of things that we want to continue to make some gains in. Who is the most likely young person demographically to drink and drive? Presumably boys would be more a candidate than girls, right? Well, yes. Young men have a tendency to be involved, especially in mortality data of drinking and driving. Younger drivers, more inexperienced drivers are more likely to end up in a mortality situation in a vehicle crash or other kinds of activities that 
stem from being impaired under the influence of alcohol. Our guest on InfoTrack is Pamela Hyde, Administrator of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, which is part of the Department of Health and Human Services. And we're talking about teen drinking and driving, and in particular a recent CDC study that shows a 54% decrease in teen drinking and driving since 1991. Ms. Hyde, what are the main reasons do you think teen drinking and driving is on the decline? Well, I think there's several reasons. I think there has been a stricter enforcement of DWI laws or a drinking while under the influence laws over the last decade or two. States are putting a lot of pressure on that issue in general. And to the extent that those laws are enforced, teens are going to get particularly included in that. There's also been an increased understanding about the negative consequences of underage drinking on the part of both parents and youth. I think parents are learning more that the way they model that issue is important for young people. There's also been an increased attention to the issue in the media and by government and community groups. And that, of course, begins to get the message out. So just improved research on underage drinking and its consequences and on evidence-based ways of approaching it have been helpful. So when we say to our youth that there's sort of a never drink and drive kind of assumption or culture, that is a very helpful way to begin to help young people understand that it's not good for them to do that and it can actually hurt both themselves and their friends. Let's talk for a moment about graduated driver licensing. For people who are not familiar with that term, maybe you can explain what it is and why it may help to prevent teen drinking and driving. Yes, graduated driver licensing systems are more likely to be in place these days, and those are opportunities for young drivers to learn as they go and to have an increasing ability to drive at night or with passengers as they get more experienced. And to the extent that the combination of impairment from alcohol and inexperience behind the wheel is a dangerous combination, it's helpful to have young people gain privileges over time as they become more experienced, and especially when you combine that with the increased messages that uh, just no drinking and driving is the right approach. So those graduated driver's license systems has also been helpful. Peer pressure is a powerful thing. Has it become less socially acceptable among teenagers to drink and drive? I think it has. I think teens are beginning to understand that this is not cool, to use that word, and I think they begin to understand that the idea of having designated drivers and having someone sober behind the wheel is good for all of the young people who are in the car and for their friends as well. So I think that kind of culture, that kind of peer pressure in a positive direction has been very helpful. Are there any steps that you think states and communities have not yet taken that maybe would help in regards to preventing drinking and driving? Well, I think the more that we can get the word out to parents on how it's important to talk to teenagers about drinking and how they model the behavior, that's helpful. We do know that young people learn from parents. They learn what's acceptable from parents, even though there may be a lot of peer pressure. They first learn it there. So I think having parents understand what roles they can play and that it is okay, and in fact it is not only okay, but it's a good idea to actually have a conversation with young people about drinking and about driving, but more than just about drinking and driving, about drinking in general. We have increasing evidence that if we can keep a young person from starting to drink until they are older, they are much less likely to have problems with alcohol as an adult. And parents play a huge role in that. Whether we believe it or not, teens actually do listen to their parents. 
So that's important. So I think the more we can do that and the more we can help adults who have young people in their homes understand how to interact with their young people, the better. I think the more we can enforce those laws about drinking under the influence, the better. And frankly, the more that we can help people understand that one drink is fine, that five at a time is not, the amount of drinking and getting that word out to both adults as well as young people, that is helpful as well. Excellent advice. Pamela Hyde, Administrator of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Ms. Hyde, is there some place where folks can go to learn more about this issue online? Well, the SAMHSA website obviously has information about all of our programs and all of the work that we do. So it's just SAMHSA.gov. The important thing is the SAMHSA.gov. There's also a website that is a joint website among many federal agencies, and that is called StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Pleased to be here. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, startling new research involving the teenage obesity crisis. That story, straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.